This is a Capricorn FM podcast. This grade 12 lesson is proudly brought to you by the Department of Education in partnership with Capricorn FM. Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. Let me start by greeting all grade 12 class of 2020. It is again mathematics time. Today's lesson, it will be based on advising how to approach paper one. I hope you know by now that you will be writing your paper one on the 13th of November, 2020. That will be on Friday. And your paper two on the next Monday. Before I do everything, let me start by giving you Max allocation on paper one. I hope you know that the first question always, it will be algebra and equations. In other words, it will be question one whereby you will be basically solving for X. You can either use quadratic formula You can also solve for X using the inequalities or you can use multaneously or you can also use what we call um, indices and sets. So that is question one. Max allocation on question one, that will be 25 marks. And I hope you know that for every question, there is tolerance of plus or minus three marks. In other words, it is possible that you can get the question one which will be out of 28 or out of 22. Number two, the session that we'll be writing, it will also be pattern and sequences. And I hope you have already done a lot of work in the lower grades, in grade 10, also in grade 11. But in grade 12, you have been doing what we call the series of both arithmetic and also geometric. The total from that type of a question, it will be plus or minus 25 marks. Then the next question that we can expect, it will be finance, growth, and decay. You also probably know it as finance. From this chapter, you are going to get plus or minus 15 marks. The next part of work that we're going to write, it is functions and graphs. You have done several graphs in the lower grades and also the other graphs that we've done in grade 12 based on logarithm or the inverse functions. All those functions, including the work from the lower grades, the marks will be plus or minus 35 marks. Then, another section that is differential calculus. It holds plus or minus 35 marks. If we check here, if we check these 35 marks in differential calculus, you are only left with 10 marks for you to get just an entrance pass in paper one. This simply indicates that if ever you do well in differential calculus, 
your chances of passing paper one, it will be high. If you check two sections, that is functions and graphs, they hold 35 marks. And again, differential calculus, 35 marks. When you all, when you add them together, you get 70 marks. And remember, like I said before, for you to just to get an entrance pass, you only need for twice marks. In other words, you need to give yourself more time, especially in functions and graphs, and again in differential calculus, since they've got more marks. Then, the last part of our work here, that is probability. And also in the question paper, you will get it as a last question when one looks on the structure of the paper. So, this probability, you get plus or minus 15 marks. And remember, these 15 marks also includes the work from the lower grades. In other words, the work that you have learned in grade 10 and also the work that you have learned in grade 11. So make it a point that you bear in mind the allocation of marks as allocation of marks helps you to know exactly the time that we have to spend in each section. Then I have had many people saying mathematics is very difficult and it is almost impossible to pass mathematics. I don't agree with you. Although I may agree with you that there are some questions that may be challenging. Since in mathematics, we don't believe that the questions are difficult. However, we say the questions are challenging. It is true that some of the sections in mathematics or some of the questions, they might be difficult for you or challenging. But if one looks on the paper, you try and check the structure of the paper. I think there is more work that can allow you to get more than 50% in the paper. There are a lot of questions. Questions are not in the same levels. You'd find that some of the questions are more simple. Even in the very question that we think it is more difficult, like in finance, Many of you are thinking that finance is very difficult. Some of the questions I agree might be challenging. However, if you first check the first questions in each, in each question, you realize that all those questions are much simple in such a way that it can be able to accommodate you so that you can be able to get what we call 50% of the paper. Then... Let me try to give you some of the receipts that can help one to pass paper one. If ever you are very serious about passing your paper one, make it a point that you do well in question one. If you still remember, when I spoke about max allocation, I said that algebra equations and inequalities you get plus or minus 25 marks. If you are serious about passing paper one, you must get at least 18% of the paper. If 
I want to determine whether you will be able to pass paper one. It is much easier. I can't even have sleepless nights. What I can do, I will just give you question one and write, so that I can give you a chance to write. If you write question one, you get 10 marks. It will be very difficult for you to pass. All those that are doing well in mathematics, you find that they've done well in question one. After all, if you don't do well in question one, question one forms the basics of all the sections because you'll be doing what we call algebraic manipulations. For example, in question one, you can be expected to solve simultaneously the value of X and Y. But when you'll be doing graphs, Sometimes the question may come to say, can you find the point of intersection? When you are finding the point of intersection, you will be forced to use simultaneous equations. In other words, if you don't do well in question one, if you give yourself time to write question one, and you get marks that are less than 10%, 10 marks, I can advise you that before you do anything, you must first do well in question one. When I'm making revision with my learners there at Tengwe High School, what I normally do, I start with question one. I have to make it a point that they all do well in question one. Because question one forms the basics of all mathematics, since you'll be doing algebraic manipulations, since you'll be working with algebra, you should, be know, you should know how to factorize. You should know how to use quadratic formula and how to use the inequalities and simultaneous, simultaneous equations. So you, you need definitely to do well. If you do well in question one, all these questions that are following, there is at least some questions that one can be able to get marked. This is just an encouragement for those learners who have never passed math this year, or learners who have never passed math in grade 11, I have seen it when learners who have never passed math in grade 11 and also grade 11 throughout the whole year, but come the end of the year, they pass mathematics. It is simply because they gave themselves time to work on the paper. Like I'm saying, if you do well, or at least you attain more than 18 marks in question one out of 25. You know that question two, it will be sequence and series. It will be sequence and series. If we check in question two, some of the questions are coming from grade 11 work, like quadratic sequences. You have done quadratic sequences, how to find the equation, how to find the missing terms, and how to find the next two terms. If you try and check your question, you realize that the first two questions are easy. Or there are some few questions that one, if one looks on the paper, it will be very easy for you to find the answers based on the question paper that will be given to you. Maybe to try to strengthen what I'm saying now, 
Let me take February, March 2018 question paper. It was in question two. As I said, it includes geometric, arithmetic, and also quadratic sequence. In question 2.1, you were given uh, the geometric sequence. The first term was 13. The second term was 10. And the third term was 10 over 3. Question 2.1.1, that says, determine N if the nth term of the sequence is equal to 10 over 729. Since you are given that the sequence is geometric sequence, you know that they've got a geometric uh, ratio, rather. The ratio is common. In other words, you also know the first term. If you try to get the value of A, which is 30, and the value of R, and you are given the value of TN, which is 10 over 729, you are going to use the formula TN is equal to A, R to the exponent of N minus 1. When you replace, it will be easy for you to get the value of N. This type of a question is very easy. It's very easy. You can be able to get the answer with easy. So in that question too, as I said before, you must know that it will always include almost all the sequences that you have learned about. Like I said, quadratic sequence, geometric sequence, arithmetic sequence, and also sum to infinity. The one that you know that it falls under geometric series. Let me also give you another question paper. That was 2019. And it was question two. It says, the first four terms of the quadratic pattern are 15, that is the first term. 29, the second term. 41, the third term. And 51, the fourth term. They say 2.1.1. Write down the value of the fifth term. In other words, you have to determine the term that follows. That will be term number five. If you check well, in almost all the questions, examiner may just give you at least a question whereby you are going to determine the next two terms or just a term. In this one, like this, I said, it is geometric sequence, quadratic sequence. Then you are supposed to determine an expression for the nth term of the pattern in the form of Tn is equal to An squared plus Bn plus Cn. Then you are supposed to determine that if you check properly, then you are supposed to determine the value of A and B, and also C, then I hope you know that if you are supposed to get the value of A, you write 2A is equal to the second difference, which is common. 2A is equal to the second difference, which is common. And again, for you to get the value of, of B and C, you know that it is 3A plus B. You equate that one 
with the first term of the first difference. But you know that the first term is A plus B plus C is equals to the first term. And of course, in this type of a sequence, the first term is 15. Then, after question two, which is quadratic sequence, uh, which is a, a, a sequence rather, then you will be going to the questions that are based on graphs. And you have learned a lot of graphs from grade 11 that you still have to revise so that you can answer questions very well. Like one, you have done exponential functions. You have done hyperbola and you have done also parabola. And don't forget, the work that we are supposed to learn in grade, that we have learned in grade 12 now, you have done what we call the inverse function. If you do well in all these questions, then you are guaranteed that you can be able to pass the paper. Since the functions hold more marks than any other section except differential calculus. The basic work that I can also advise in this type of work is how to draw graphs. All these graphs that I'm talking about, you should be able to know how can we be able to draw this type of graph. Number one, you must know that sometimes you'll be expected to draw what we call the exponential functions. Then, if you know how to draw exponential functions or if you revise the work from grade 11, there are some basic questions that one can expect. For example, the domain, the range, and also finding the equation of the inverse. When we'll be asking you about finding the inverse, it means the work also includes the work from grade 12. Then, let me just give illustration here. By giving you a 2019 question paper, that was question four. It says, given the exponential function, g of x is equals to half to the exponent of x. Half to the exponent of x. Question 4.1. It says, write down the range of g. If examiner may ask you to determine the range in this exponential, it is possible that you may not get a range again since there are a lot of questions that examiner needs to ask. So, one need to understand properly how to write the range. And again, you must not forget how to write interval notation. You must know how to write the, the domain and also the range when you are using what you call the interval notation. And don't forget, question 4.1, you were supposed to determine the range of G. Then question 4.2, you were supposed to determine the equation of the inverse of G in the form of Y. In other words, when you are supposed to determine the inverse of exponential, 
I hope by now you understand that the inverse of the exponential function gives you a logarithmic function. How? You are going to take that exponential function. Then you interchange the value of x and y. After that, you make y subject of the formula. Then, the third question, you were supposed to determine whether the inverse function, the inverse is a function or not a function. And you are supposed to substantiate your answer. And you know that whenever you are supposed to prove that the function, that the graph is a function, if you draw a vertical line, it must cut once. If it cut twice, it means the graph is not a function. And this was just a simple exponential function graph. Remember, some of the graphs don't always expect that they will come on their own. Sometimes they will come on the same set of axes with other set of uh, with other functions. Like the paper that I have, February, March 2018. In this one, you were given parabola. It was f of x equals 2. Open x, open bracket, x minus 4, close bracket squared, minus 9. And you were also given a straight line. This simply indicates that you can be given graphs on the same set of axes. And you must always develop the skills of how to draw all these functions. I've been trying to advise different learners to say, for you to know well or to pass well, all these questions that you see on the question paper, a person can be able to answer them if you know the basic skills of how to draw your graph. I, I hope you have never seen a question paper whereby you, 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 there is no diagram the, the sheet. So it means at least one of the graphs that have done, you will be expected to draw at least one graph. For example, still in these two question papers that I'm using, it was 2019, that was question 5.9. It says, given f of x is equals to 1 over x plus 2 plus 3, the equation is hyperbola equation. The Limpopo Department of Education believes that education is the key to overcoming poverty. As a result, we have partnered with Capricorn FM to bring radio lessons to all grade 12 learners in Limpopo. Starting on Monday, 17 August, tune in and catch expert teachers as they present life lessons for an hour. From Monday to Friday between 5 and 6 p.m. on Just Drive and again on Saturday and Sunday evenings between 6 and 7 p.m. on the Royal Movement and the Afterglow respectively. Limpopo Department of Education Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. Um, before commercial break, I was trying to give you to details the number of graphs that you must expect in examination. The first graph that I spoke about, that was exponential function.
and I hope you remember that it also includes logarithmic function. The other graph is hyperbola, straight line, and also parabola. For you to answer these questions very well, you must make it a point that you must develop the skills of how to draw all these functions. And you should be able to analyze their characteristics. As this may assist you, when you are given a drone graph, we are supposed to understand some of the things. Since examiner may like to understand whether you've got the basics of this type of a work. Then, the, second, the other aspect that I would like to discuss with you after this graph, that is finance. Like I said before, finance holds 15 marks. But you must remember that all these questions, they also include the work from grade 11. In grade 12, you have done only annuities. And I hope you still remember about the annuities that there will be many payments and they will all be paid. They will be paying the same amount. Number three, at a regular interval. You need also to understand how to calculate about the future values where you'll be doing the savings and also investments. Number two, you should be able to understand about the seeking fund about the future value. You should be able to understand the terminology and how one can be able to calculate the seeking fund. Then, when we go to the future, the present values, these are basically the loans. When we say that these are the present values, it means this is the amount of money that you have or the amount of money that you need now. And you are going to use it now and you pay later. That simply indicates that indeed it is a loan. You use it now, but you pay later. It is a loan. Number two, you can still use this formula for the PV when you are given the lump sum. And you would like to get a portion each month, which all those portions are equal. Then we can still use this formula for the PV. If it happened that you've got the lump sum and you want to get a, a portion out of that lump sum that you have, for the period of three years or four years, depending on the question that we get, you can still use that formula for the PV. You should be able to understand how to differentiate the types of loan. You know that we've got what we call the normal bank loan or high purchase agreement. And normal bank loan it is charged based on reducing balance method. In other words, the interest that are going to charge you at the bank, those interests will be based on the amount of money that you are, you are owing them.
But when we check a straight line, which is a simple interest, sometimes we call it high purchase agreement. In high purchase agreement, you are going to be charged interest based on the amount of money that you have loaned from the any financial institution. And this one tends to be very expensive since it disregards the amount of money that you are owing at the same time. So make it a point that you revise this type of work. And I hope you know that in grade 11, you have learned about the formula, the, 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 about the decay, growth and also decay. I hope you have learned more about that one. Then in finance grade 12 one, make it a point that you revise about the future value and also the loan. And remember, there are different questions that one can expect in this regard. Make it a point that you go there and revise. Then, the other question that one can expect, you should, that is differential calculus. It is the longest section that one needs to make it a point that you revise. If you don't do well again in differential calculus, your chances of passing your paper it will be minimal. Since you are studying for you, since you are studying for the purpose of passing, make it a point that you do well in differential calculus. Actually, most of the first questions that you can expect in differential calculus are easy, since you will be differentiating from the first principle. And they, they've got almost four or five types that one can be able to master. The first one, you will be expected to differentiate from the first principle. If I give you the very paper that I have with me here, that was 2019. It was question... 7.1, you were given f of x equals to x squared plus 2. They say determine the derivative from the first principle. And the max allocation is so much. If ever you master this type of work, it is going to boost your chances of passing paper one. Since you know that almost all the questions, they are going to have at least a question that is coming from this type of a work. Let me also give you another question from February, March 2016. It was in question eight. That was Question 8.1. They said F prime or the derivative of F of X from the first principle. You were given a problem which is quadratic in nature again. It was F of X 
equals to minus x squared plus 4. You were supposed to differentiate from the first principle. Although in these two question paper that have made, that have given you, all the nature of the equations were quadratic in nature. But remember, it is possible that examiner can give you x cubed, whereby you are supposed to differentiate from the first principle. Then you must know how to remove brackets in this regard, as it may tend to be challenging. Number two, again, make it a point that you also revise the one which is a fraction in nature. For example, if you are supposed to find the derivative of 3 over x, 3 over x, so make it a point that you revise that. After the first question, you must know that there is you can expect questions based on the differentiating using a rule. You will be expected to differentiate using a rule. From the same paper, February, March 2016, you were given two of which you were supposed to differentiate by using a rule. The first one, it was y is equals to 3x squared plus 10x. And I hope it is easy. You must know all the notations of how to differentiate using a rule. As they, they are always in different forms. Sometimes they can give you f prime. Sometimes they can give you dy over dx if y is subject to the formula. Then, from the same paper, the second question it was, x minus 3 over x all squared. In other words, the first part of work that you are supposed to do here, you are supposed to remove brackets. If you try to do them simultaneously, it may tend to be very confusing. Make a point that you include two brackets and then you remove that bracket using the skills that you have learned in grade 9 and also grade 10. Then make it a point that you understand how to do this type of work. It's still in differential calculus. What are the things to revise? Number one, you are supposed to differentiate from the first principle. Number two, you are supposed to differentiate using a rule. And again, you must know how to draw cubic functions. I have never seen a question paper that, has, that do not have a cubic function. It's either they can give you to draw or they can bring a drawn graph. They end up asking you questions based on the graph. Again, in February, March 2016, it was in question 8.3. Here, you were given a cubic function. It is f of x is equals to 
2x cubed minus 23x squared plus 80x minus 84. If we check well, you realize that the basic knowledge that is needed here is the skill of how to draw these cubic functions. All the questions that they are, they are asking here, they are based on understanding how to draw the function. For example, the very first question, which is 8.3.1, it says, prove that x minus 2 is a factor of s. How can you get that it's a factor? You can equate x minus 2 to 0. You make x sub the formula. Then the value of x, it will be 2. If we check there, when you replace, you find that the answer is 0. Then you can immediately conclude that indeed x minus 2 is a factor. Of course, the second question that follows, which was in question 8.3.2, you are supposed to factorize and find other factors. Or you are supposed to factorize fully. What are you supposed to do here? When you are supposed to factorize fully, you may use different types of methods of factorizing. You can either use synthetic method or you can use K-method depending on the type of method that you use. And in examination, we do not mind which method have you used as long as you can be able to give us the answers that are correct. Then we don't care about that. Then you should be able to know all the characteristics, including how to shift graphs, or what we call the transformation of graphs. You know that the graph can be transformed, or the graph can also be reflected or even translated, depending on the problem. Make it a point that you must know all the skills of how to draw this type of function. You must know how to draw the graph, and you must also know the transformation of the graph. Then, there are some of the things that we have learned in the graphs in grade 11. Most of the things that we have learned in grade 11, you can still use them here. For example, a question may ask you to write down the domain, the range, the turning point. And you must know that in this type of a cubic function, it has got two turning points, local maximum and also local minimum. So make it a point that you know them and you should be able to identify them if you are given a differentiated function which is also drawn. Make it a point that you've got the understanding of that. And again, you must also have the skill of how to determine the equation of the graph. 
including the cubic function that I've just mentioned. For example, in 2019 paper, that was in question eight, it says a cubic function h of x is equal to minus 2x cubed plus bx squared plus cx plus d. Cut the x axis at minus 3 and 0 and minus 3 over 2 and 0 and 1 and 0. One thing for sure that one need to understand here. If you try and check the values that are given to you, these are the rules. When you are given the rules, how can you find the equation? You must use the very equation that you have been using in parabola. The only thing that you have to do here, you are only going to add the third root. Which equation is that one? It says, y y equals to a, open bracket, x minus root 1, in the second bracket, x minus root 2, in the third bracket, x minus root 3. In other words, you write them as a factor. Whenever you write, you have to make it a point and you have to close them. Then, if we check here, then if, if ever you are given the root, you are supposed to use the equation of the root. But if you are given the turning point, firstly, you must count the number of unknowns that you have. If you've got five unknowns, it means you must develop five equations. Seven unknowns, develop seven equations. It's depending. Although in most, in most questions, examiner will end up in three unknowns. Then, the last part of our work in differential calculus, you must know that you, are, you can also be expected to use what we call the application of calculus. And always, application of calculus will always be in three or four forms. The first one, it will be a calculus of motion, whereby it will, or we call it the rate of change. Number two, you must know that it will be the area below the graph. Area below the graph. Or when you are given, either you are supposed to find the maximum length or minimum length, depending on the question. If you want to, you are supposed to get the difference between the two graphs, you, you might be asked about the minimum length or maximum length. And also, perimeter and also area. They are different problems. You can check either from the previous question paper or from the textbook. You will get different questions based on area and also perimeter. From this type of work again, you can also find the problem that involves volume and also total surface area. Volume and also total surface area. The last part from the last question, that is probability. If you have checked well from the previous question paper, you would realize that it is almost impossible to find question which is based on probability, whereby there is no question 
that is referring to the work in grade 11. And again, the work in grade 11 may include the following items. Number one, revise a tree diagram. Number two, Venn diagram. Number three, a contingency table where sometimes they may ask you to prove whether the, those factors, those items that have mentioned in the diagram, in the question, are independent or not independent. They normally use what we call the contingency table. Number four, you must also have an understanding of mutual and independent events. Mutual and also independent events. If we check very well, you will realize that it is much easier for you to get almost 50% on the paper. Most, most learners, they said, they do not want to write application of calculus. I don't agree with you because for every question that you see in the question paper, the first two questions may be easy. Sometimes they may just request you just to, to, to prove what is already given. So it is much easier. You will not be doing yourself a favor if you simply leave some of the work since there is no one who's going to write on your behalf. And again, future is yours. If you don't do well there, don't expect that there is somebody who is going to do well for you. Then, if ever you go there, you try to write a question paper. Why do you fear? Start with the question that you know most. If you find that you are doing well in the, the last question, which is probability, start with that question. As long as all the subsections of the, that very question, they are written on the same place. Because if you write them on different places, there is a danger that they may not mark your work. So make it a point that you write all the subsections together. And the last part that I can say, write clearly. You must have a very good handwriting so that the person who's marking your paper must not struggle to mark your paper. Good luck when you're doing your own pre final preparation. Exam is very near. Don't be afraid. Make it a point that you study and you trust God is going to help you. Thank you so much. May God bless. This grade 12 lesson was proudly brought to you by the Department of Education in partnership with Capricorn FM. Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.